and welcome to Fact Schmacks, the podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. My name is Matt, and I've got a story to tell you. And my name is Kev. I have a story to interrupt. All right. Just to get started here, we have a little bit of housekeeping. We have an announcement. We've got Ooh. a yeah. We've got a new show. Tell us about it, Matt. It's gonna be called <laughs> Fast Fact Schmacks, and it's gonna come out every Wednesday. One more time. Fast Fact Schmacks. One more time. Fast Fact Schmacks. One more time. Fast Fact Schmacks, <laughs> and it's gonna come out. You've done well. <laughs> I've passed. I spent all morning practicing that. <laughs> I can't even say it one time. <laughs> that's why. That's why I say things on this podcast. <laughs> um, it's gonna come out every Wednesday, uh, and it's just gonna be like a little less than fifteen minute vignette. Uh, you know, or, or small story, something that just wouldn't be big enough for a full episode. I think the first one we've done is seven minutes or so. Just going to be a fun little story that otherwise wouldn't have a place uh, just as a little bonus there. Yay. Hey, bonus. Yay, bonus. Everybody loves a little bonus. Everybody loves a little bonus. It's something to look forward to or dread, depending on how you feel about that sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of fun. Yeah. 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 We had fun. We have time. fun. We have fun in this little thing. We I mean, if we didn't, what, what are we doing it for? <laughs> right? So let's get started. Okay. Kevin, I'd, I'd love to know two facts and one one schmack. Well, funny you mention that, is we have our old fact schmacks game, uh, and I've, I've got just that for you. Oh, my God. So we're going to talk about something very near and dear to my heart today. Okay. Hot dogs. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> very, very near to my heart. Let's just say that. Uh, so Americans, fact or schmacked, Americans consume 150 million hot dogs on July 4th each year, which is enough to stretch from D.C. to L.A. five times. Ooh. Now, if you catch me on some bullshit like they do, in fact, have that many, but that's not long enough to do that, I'm going to be so fucking angry at you. Yeah, I can I'm do whatever. I, listen, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm just going to establish that right off the hop. That I'm gonna, <clears throat> I need that a new phrase fair. other than off the hop, oh. off the top. Uh yeah, that would be a dick move. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, that's, I, I believe that there's at least 150 million hot dogs consumed. Okay, so that's, that's half, half the Americans, but not they're not all going to have a hot dog, but a lot of them are going to have two. So yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. All right, so um, hot dogs, fact or schmacked, hot dogs originated in Britain and were a royal delicacy of a young Prince George. Huh. I get me one of your hotting dogs. <laughs> Seventh, bring me a hot dog. <laughs> sure, okay. I love it. Uh, yeah, hotting dog for sure. Okay. Fact or schmacked? Mickey Mouse's first words on screen were hot dog. Huh. Let's see. I think he does say hot dog, doesn't he? Hot dog. Well, he does in the Mickey Mouse Club. That's like the hot dog, like, that's the theme song for the Mickey Mouse Club, if you've ever seen it. I don't know if that was before 
your son's time. Is it, is it, my daughter watched it all the time. M I C K E Y M O U S E Mickey Mouse. Well, that's the Mickey that's Mouse. the Mickey Mouse original song, but like the Mickey Mouse Club is like hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog, do 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 do. do. It goes like that. Oh, yeah, it's different. Hmm. But where was it? His first words. Okay, was it his first words? Uh so we got 150 million hot dogs consumed. Yes. It almost seems low for for July. You said July 4th? That's correct. Okay. Read me your wording again. <laughs> Americans consume 150 million hot dogs on July 4th each year, which is enough to stretch from DC to LA 5 times. DC to LA 5 times. 150 I mean that's a lot of hot dogs. Sure, I believe that part of it. Okay, second fact. Hotting dog. Hottery doggery. Yeah. <laughs> hot dogs originated <laughs> in Britain yeah. and were a royal delicacy of young Prince George. Of young Prince George. Uh and then the third one was Mickey, Mickey Mouse's first, first words. words. Okay, first one totally believe absolutely that's a fact. They 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 sure lem- love them hot dogs. Okay. Um uh second one Hottery doggery. As much as I want to believe it's true, it just doesn't make sense. If anything, I would think it'd be like a German thing. It'd be like a sausage thing, but I don't know the origins of hot dogs. I mean, the royal uh, family was kind of had German origin. They were the Gox uh what was it uh Saks oh, God damn it. Help me here. Before they became Saxons? the Windsors, they were the Saxe Gothica, Saxe Gothica, Saxons. Well, there was the Saxe Anglo-Saxon. No, no, not Anglo-Saxon. I don't know why you're talking about Saxon Goths or something. <laughs> <laughs> the royal family at World War One changed their name because it was too Germanic. They changed it from it was Saxe Gothica. Okay. To the Windsors during World War I, I because it was too German. You didn't know that? Did not know that. Yeah, the the, the British family is like had I mean, look at Tsar Nicholas and and the well, you know, know we talked about yeah. that in the one episode. They're all cousins, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, from Queen Victoria. And I, yeah, I guess I, yeah. Yeah, so the last name of the royal family was Saxe Gothica, not and then they changed it to Windsor to make it more British. So okay. they could have had a hot dog thing they could have they could have i still don't think i i'm gonna go with that one is the one that isn't true yeah i made it up (laughs) (laughs) and you hit me right where you knew it would uh... (laughs) but you know what the funny thing is is that uh one of the facts i looked up was that fdr actually Mm -hmm. fed when he had the the royals visit one of the meals was hot dogs and king george ate two hot dogs i thought that was kind of funny like Hey, welcome to America. Here's some hot dogs. Some hot dogs. <laughs> uh, George W. fed uh, Vladimir Putin hot dogs. Oh, did he? After 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's, that's a little hot dog trivia for you. Okay. Well, there we go. Mm-hmm. Hot dog. Hot diggity. Uh, I don't think we have any cool. FSQA from... 
Uh, I would like show. to make one okay. one little um, correction on myself here. Um, at the end of the episode, listening back, I made a comment about you know a normal story is uh, is is a man going home to his wife or something, and then listening back, it it sounded like I was you know making a, a statement about like heteronormative ism, uh, <laughs> uh, and that's not what I was trying to do. Like I was, what I was trying to say is like you know a, a happy story is just everything going to plan over the long term. Um, you know, in my mind, I wasn't trying to say that like, there's only, that's like the best type. I wasn't trying to pass any judgments. I, oh, God. I would really hope uh, nobody thought that. I don't, I know I didn't hear anything about it, but I listened back to it and I went, Oh, you know what? That's not, that's not what I meant, but I can totally understand if somebody listened to that and thought that. So just, I'm just going to correct myself here and say like, no, that was, that's not what I meant. I was just, I was just saying that like, you know. A person goes home to their partner or goes home alone if that's what they want to do. Whatever. <laughs> Somebody's just happy and no things judgment. go to plan. We, <laughs> yeah, we make no judgments. That's exactly what I was trying to say. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny when you listen back on some of these and sometimes you're like, why did I say that? Like, I do that all the time because I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll be like, you'll say something. And then like a minute later, I ask you like, oh, this was a thing. And you're like, yeah, I just said that. But then when I listen back, I'm like, God, I'm so I'm so stupid. Like, how did I, how did I miss no, that? I li- yeah, I listen back to stuff and I re- re- forget to. I'm like, oh, I I started a, po- a point and then just didn't add the little cherry on top that I. Had ready. So <laughs> yeah. That's it's really a point. That's a problem with my notes going forward. My little my little musing today, um, isn't real. It's it's more of a philosophical sort of thing, I guess. But in a lot of in a lot of quack claims about science or something that you'll hear a lot uh, is Einstein was wrong. Um, anytime somebody wants to sensationalize a, con- a claim, you'll hear something like that. Einstein's wrong. Quantum mechanics is wrong. Sounds like um, clickbait for nerds. Clickbait. Yeah. But it's, well, it's, or it's clickbait for people who are kind of into to scam stuff. But I just wanted to, I guess, make a point about the way that um, science evolves. Like, you know, when, when relativity hit the scene, that didn't um, really replace Newtonian mechanics. We still use, like, Newton's equations when we talk about orbits and stuff. You don't really need to use relativity until you start talking about things that are, like, as big as stars or, or going, like, really, really fast. So, like, Newton's laws of motion still basically rule the, the, the world we live in, which makes sense because they were derived to explain the world that we live in. Um, it all makes sense in our in our terrestrial sphere. Relativity just expanded our sphere, and you can use relativity to actually derive uh, Newton's equations. So um, Einstein didn't replace uh, Newton. You know, Newton didn't really replace Galileo in terms of like heliocentrism. He just expanded our our knowledge of it. Um, you know, it, it's it much in the way that it wouldn't make sense to, you know, if, if, if something else comes along, you know, and which we're pretty sure they will, because we know that, you know, special relativity and quantum mechanics, there's like a hard break between them. They just don't play well together. It's almost, and, and something's got to reconcile that. Like there's got to be some way to say, you know, the, the, the world of little things and the world of big things are like kind of connected. <laughs> In some way, there's got to be some way to like do that. Like a world of middle things. A world of middle things, yeah. <laughs> well, 
or just like some set of rules to say like here's how all of this makes sense together and that's you know kind of the holy grail of 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 physics right now is looking for that but once that comes along people are still going to use relativity einstein's not going to be wrong he's just going to be you know less right than something else that comes along later but all the, all of his stuff is still going to explain quantum mechanics will still explain lasers when we've got a bigger theory than quantum mechanics right Right. That's that's yeah, that's just that's just the point I'm trying to get. Is just anyone who's who starts something by saying something, you know, like audacious like that, like Einstein was wrong. Well, no, he wasn't, because every time we tested, he's he's obviously right. I saw a cool quote from it was accredited to Einstein, and I'm just gonna paraphrase, but it basically said, uh, I'm not smarter than anybody, I just stay with problems longer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's kind of neat. Um, it is. I mean, the things he he had a lot of starting points. I'd love to do an episode about Einstein, but just like one, th- you know, other misconceptions about Einstein is like he wasn't good at math. No, he was a, he was brilliant at math. Are you kidding? Uh, I he, think the thing he, he was just, that he failed like public school math or something. Ah, uh, maybe once, but he had like he had a really prestigious university career. He just didn't get tenure, so he started working at a patent office while he waited for something to open up. But like he was an academic while he was working in a patent office. He wasn't some schlub working in a patent office who, you know, had this this crazy breakthrough. And he also had he was standing on the, you know, the shoulders of giants, just like people, you know, now and people before were, you know, we knew we had a good idea about the about the speed of light. And we kind of knew that there was this weird thing that was happening with, um, you know, time when you shifted reference frames Einstein's just the guy who put it all together and he had like really cool thought experiments that he used like um, you know the train exper- uh, thought experiment where if you are you know you take the, the perspective of two different people one person standing uh, still on the side of a train platform and one person who's on a train that's going past the platform um, and just let's say this thing's happening at like half the speed of light and people can perceive things that are happening on that time scale. He thought about what would happen if lightning struck each end of the train, what each person would perceive. Uh, And he he figured out that, you know, the person who's standing still would see both bolts go at the same time, but the person who's on the train, because the train's moving, is going to see that the the, the, the bolt at the front of the train hit first and then the bolts at the back of the train hit because the... It ha- the bolt at the front of the train has less distance to travel than the one at the back. And so he started thinking about who's right in that scenario. And he came up with the answer that they're both right. They're just, you know, it's just relative time. to the speed that you're traveling. Yeah. And, and then he figured out like the actual mathematical equations that, you know, kind of lead us to the conclusions that, you know, space and time are, you know, linked together and kind of conspire with each other to, to do certain things. And it, that's a whole other you know, can of worms right there, but my head hurts. Yeah. So we're going to move on from that. Uh, I didn't want to get into, but yeah, that's Einstein will be right. Was the point I was going to be making, even when there's a grand theory of everything or or whatever, Einstein's still going to be right. He's just not going to be as right as the next thing. Okay. Yeah. He'll be more right than our podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> more yeah, accurate. Forever. Forever and ever and ever. Forever and ever. Uh, so at the end of last episode, you, you dropped a gauntlet. You wanted a happy, <laughs> you wanted a happy story. Just one, just one happy story. 
Well, and, and about something being built, Kevin, it's a Christmas miracle. Oh. Because I've I've got it. Really? I've got it. There's no death so, and not a sink. Nothing. There's there's a lot of inconvenience. Okay. Well, that's life. That's life. Sure. Speaking of life, let's talk about life in West Virginia. In, you know, kind of the 30s to 60s. It was a it was a coal area. Okay. I'm, I'm feeling a lot of John Denver vibes. Sure. So West Virginia, Rocky Mountains. No? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm feeling very John yep. Denver. Take me home, country road. Yeah. To the place where I belong. Yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great yeah, song. Yeah. Love it. Um, right. Coal mining area. Um, and there's a lot of little like coal, you know, boom towns that, that pop up around coal deposits in the area. One such town is a place called Vulcan. Now, Vulcan is on the uh, coast, I guess, or, or bank uh, of the big tug, or sorry, the, sorry, the tug fork, uh, which kind of borders West Virginia and um, Kansas, Kentucky. Oh, crap. I didn't mm. write that down. And I'm not good at geography. So. All right, let's take a guess. Let's take a guess. Drum I've got roll. it actually right here. Drum roll. Oh, you're looking it up. It, you're not guessing. Oh, no, I was just going to... I think it is... Kentucky. Um, My guess is Kentucky. It is Kentucky. Yes. yes. What yes, do yes, I win? It's actually between Kentucky and uh, and Virginia and West Virginia. It's kind of almost right there. You win nothing, my friend. Okay. Um, but that's just kind of, you know, that's that's where it is. In the 1960s, the coal industry in that area dried up, uh, which was kind of a bummer. Um, so the, the, this particular town went bust. Most of the population left. There was roughly 50 families that stayed in the area. Now, with all these boom towns, you know, coming and going, sometimes things happen so fast that maybe you're planning to do something and uh, and you just never get around to it. But, you know, maybe even word that that you didn't get around to it doesn't even get to anybody, you know, of importance. So the state, where I'm going with this, is the state had a map and that map had a road going into this town. But... The earth, the earth didn't have a road going into this town. There was a bridge that connected it with Kentucky and there was a railroad that came in, um, you know, through West Virginia, but there was no road in West Virginia that connected it to like, let's say the next town over. Weird. Where yeah. did this, where did this bridge go? This bridge went to just went over the tug fork. So directly into Kentucky. Okay. Uh, yeah. And actually the like, kids who lived in this town, if what to get to their school bus had to cross a pedestrian suspension, like plank bridge, oh. cross a rail yard, uh, and then catch their bus. Sounds very dangerous. It does sound really dangerous. Yeah. Really, really dangerous. Um, now, The railroad had a road beside it, 
but it was like one lane and it wasn't maintained, the railroad would not let anybody use it. So it's just like a 19- service road. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a rail service road. So in 1960, this town goes bust. Everybody but 50 families stay. There's no actual road who go that goes here. There's a suspension bridge, pedestrian suspension bridge, that apparently people did occasionally drive cars across uh, that went across the big, big fork. Then rail service is pulled from the town because there's only 50 people there. So now they, they can't even take a, a railroad out of town. Kev... You know how where you live, you can leave it? Yeah. I would actually say that for, from where you're living, one of the best features is that you're able to drive out of town. Oh, I can go anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere from there. Yeah. 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 And, and I can be in a different country in five minutes. You could. It's and fantastic. very specifically, you could be not where you are currently. Absolutely. Uh, best feature. In Vulcan, you could not. The only way you could actually legally leave this town was by this pedestrian bridge. And this is in the 1960s in West Virginia. Think about that. That's really weird, man. Yeah, it's very backwards, very kind of backwater. Time has forgotten about you kind of place. Yeah. In 1975... The footbridge collapsed. Oh, God. And now this town where there's 50 families. I don't know exactly how many people, but 50 families live in there. There's no legal way in and out of this town. Literally, you cannot legally get unless you forded the river, which apparently was fordable. But, you know. What do you mean for like just cross like it? Walk across. Yeah, just walk across oh, okay. it. <laughs> just wade across it. Damn, yeah. dude. Uh-huh. So into this, into this vacuum of, of um, egress from the city, uh, an, a man named John Robinette stepped in. He was a 42-year-old bartender and resident. I'm, I'm, I'm getting See, some I, like, um, uh, oh, what's his name from Dirty Dancing? Patrick Swayze, Swayze vibes, like some road going crazy for Swayze. I'm getting some roadhouse vibes. I'm, I'm envisioning a little roadhouse action for this fella. That's just where I my head th- went. Maybe you went somewhere okay. else. I went, I went, I, I went a Russell. Russell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I went yeah. to Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I really Russell feel like him. they're, they're very similar people. Yeah. Like totally Kurt Russell, long curly hair era. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Absolutely. You know, I think we're we're on the same page. Okay. That'd be a tough casting choice. You know, I wish we could hire them both. For sure. We'd end Mm -hmm. up with Tom Selleck. We would just like split it in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Or Chris Farley. See, what happened is a 74-year-old resident ordered some new furniture. Off Amazon? And went off uh, like a Sears delivery, (laughs) you know, truck. Sears was the the Amazon back in the day. For sure. Uh, and the delivery truck got to, you know, the point two miles away where you could no longer drive to the town unless you got on this rickety road, which apparently there's like no margin for error. You've got the river on one side and the railroad on the other, and you've got like a thumbtack's width on either side of your vehicle. So the Jeez. delivery truck just, the delivery truck, uh, truck, sorry, not fuck. <laughs> delivery uh, truck. Delivery truck um, <laughs> just refuses to go any further. So this lady can't get her furniture. Um, 
And this this uh, John Robinette guy sees it and decides this has gone on roundhouse. long enough. Yeah, so he's he's fixing up his 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 roundhouse bar and he decides it's gone on long enough. He's he's finished karate kicking somebody into a pipe. <laughs> uh, he's finished getting told that he he used to get fucked and or guys like him got fucked in prison by some <laughs> other guy. Anyways, enough uh, enough roadhousing. Enough roadhousing around. Uh, you know, the first thing he does, he writes to some state officials and he's like, hey, we need to get a bridge here. Like, it would be really nice if we could legally leave our town or a road or something. If you could just fix the bridge and maybe make it accessible to cars, that would be nice. How are they getting groceries and stuff in? Uh, I think they could still get maybe some stuff by rail. I'm actually not even sure how they were getting groceries at this point. Just like airdropped? Because <laughs> this goes on for quite some time. Okay. I don't know how they must be drive. They must just be straight up trespassing on the on the railroad uh, line, driving down there, picking stuff up themselves, and and getting it back. I don't know. I didn't look into it. <laughs> but the state officials. Uh, you know, they, they refuse to spend money on this project because they think so few people are going to use it. So that's kind of like, it's bananas to think about. There's a town that has no legal way in and out of it. And state officials are like, well, that's too bad. It's your problem. We're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, that is, that is really weird. Yes. You know, and over the, over the course of the next Several years, this guy Robinette keeps trying to, you know, appeal to different people to get money to fix this bridge. You know, he writes the he writes the Senate. We got this lady's furniture. We can't get it over the sorry, not the Senate, the state. Uh, we got this lady's furniture. We can't get it over the, you know, over the bridge now. Help us out. Maybe writes somebody else. Maybe the federal government. Hey, we you know got somebody. They're got a fridge now. Can't get that over. It's writing back to the Senate. Somebody else they've ordered, or not the Senate, state. Somebody else they've ordered a MRI machine. Now we can't get that over. You know, just series of escalating. That's what I'm imagining anyway. Series yeah. of escalating objects that need to get brought across. You know, forded across a river that they can't do. Um, it gets to a point where they get a supposedly they get a phone call with the governor, a guy named Arch Moore, and this Robinette guy is you know yelling at him at the phone. We want this bridge built now now nobody knows if he was actually on the phone with the governor you know some, one of the residents was quoted as saying he could have been on the phone with the next room who knows but <laughs> made a big show <laughs> he's just talking to the operator yeah <laughs> just anybody will listen but he certainly he made a big show of saying that you know we need to get this uh we need to get this done by 1977 he's just at the end of his rope right as you would be at two years without legal yeah. ways in and out of your city and no, apparently no rail service would have you pretty ticked. Maybe they're getting stuff by boat. I, I have mean, no idea. What's like your, what's your property value there? Yeah. You probably couldn't give your head. Like who wants to move into a town like that? I mean, I kind right. of do, but. And would you still have liability if you just left? Like, I don't even know what you could do at that point. Yeah. Um, you're, you're basically trapped there if you own a yeah. house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, frustrated with his state government for sure, he finally decides he's going to appeal to the highest authority that he could possibly imagine. You know, the is it the president? Is it the president? No. Is it the UN? No. 
He writes a letter Jesus. and requests No, he writes a letter and requests aid from the foreign aid program of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> he wrote actually two letters directly to Breshev. He never got an official response from the Russians. Oh, it's I was hoping mentioning. that they were like, yeah, we got you. <laughs> but but he did do this. Oh. And and word got out that he did this. It started headlines across the country started uh you know, popping up about this self-appointed, he had appointed himself mayor of this town, self-appointed mayor who has appealed to the USSR for foreign aid to so that they can have legal access to his town. So uh, this, that would have been amazing if they were, if Khrushchev or whatever was just like Breshev. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Now, while they didn't get an official response, it did get the attention of a New York-based Russian journalist named Iona Andronov. Um, he got wind of the story, and he went to Vulcan to check things out. He obviously saw an, an opportunity to embarrass the Americans over this. He wrote for a publication that I'm going to butcher the name of. Okay. Uh, but it was called Literature Nava Gazeta which is a weekly publication in, in Moscow. It's, it's a Moscow-based publication. It's obviously communist propaganda. And he's going there specifically to, to embarrass the Americans. Um, headlines at this point, again, in the States are just spreading like crazy. You know, U.S. town applies for Soviet aid. It's, it's all over the place. Uh, it's, it, you know, in the U.S., Andronov gets to Vulcan, and two things happen. The first thing that happens to him is an angry resident uh, approaches him and demands to know if he's a communist, which... Man, they had such a problem with communists back then. Like, they hated the idea of it. Oh, for sure. And and he was. So he's like, well, yeah, I'm I'm Russian. Yeah. (laughs) Of course I am. That's... I write for a Russian paper. I'm a journalist. I'm, yeah, I'm, of course I'm communist. But uh, the other thing that happened was just just by sheer coincidence, I'm sure, it was announced that West Virginia had found some pocket change and they were going to put up some money to get a single lane bridge built to connect this town to civilization. So it worked. It did work. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, yeah, he made his play. You, but, you know, the funny thing is people didn't appreciate it. Uh, people in the town didn't appreciate it and people in the rest of the states didn't appreciate it. And they especially didn't appreciate it uh, in 1979 when the Russians invaded Afghanistan. Uh, so, like, this is in the Cold War, but maybe he did this in, like, a not super hot part of the Cold War. Um, but then two years later, all of a sudden the cold war like flares up again and the people in the town start getting bomb threats and death threats to that. They're going to blow up this bridge that was made with communist money, even though, even though the Russians had nothing to do with the construction in any way. People are so crazy. Like, Oh, I know. Like that's wild. Yeah. 
you know, and that, I mean, that's like after Red Square, you know, McCarthyism era, that's just, you know, garden variety, crazy, directed at a bridge. People in the town were threatening to blow it up. And this is a mining town. They have, you know, they could, they could probably do oh, yeah, that dude. if they There's wanted to. There's all over. Yeah, just... You ever just been, have you ever seen a mine? You ever been in a mine? No. It's, it's, I find it really creepy. Oh, I wouldn't want to be <clears throat> at all. Yeah. I, was, uh, <clears throat> I worked yeah, at I, one I, I, for like, just as a contract. And they're like, they're, I was like, oh, are we going in the mine? They're like, no, no, you're just going to go in the basement. It was like a seven hour ele- or seven, seven minute elevator ride, which when you talk about elevator rides, like, Oh yeah, that's a minute deep. is torture. Yeah. yeah, like you just get down there and you're like, "This is your your idea of a basement." Like, I hate I hate everything about this right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> They're super I don't think creepy. But they also, when you yeah. were talking about explosives, they also do have like they'd be like, "Oh yeah, if you see uh, anything that looks like this, don't touch it." Cause it's like un undetonated ordnance because they're always blowing shit up, and you're just like, "Okay, great, <laughs> super." Yeah, yeah. The one mine I worked at killed uh, 693 people in the last 100 years, so an average of seven people a year for 100 years. That's <laughs> yeah, and terrible. Then it was like the when I went there, they're like, yeah, we killed uh, like three guys got killed last year doing X, Y, Z jobs. And I was like, cool. That's great. Uh, I'm going to go home now. <laughs> yep. Well, <Bye. laughs> see you later. <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying. It's like miners are some tough folk. Absolutely. And they got I explosives. Not, never fuck with them. Never, 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 never ever with miners. So ever. like, is that like this? Is this like the whole story? Well, we're, we're getting to the end here. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought we were yeah. at the end. No, no. But yeah, people, people got like pretty, pretty angry. They got so angry. In fact, that Robinette had to move two miles down the road railroad, I guess, uh, to, uh, to a neighboring town to to get away from his angry neighbors. Why are they like, so really, like, dude? You brought you brought the he, the bridge. He got the shit done. Yeah, you got it done there, Roundhouse. I'm sure he was right. I'm sure he didn't want like he wasn't looking specifically for Soviet money. He just wanted to give a big middle finger to the government. That yeah, wasn't he was just him out. he was just making a joke for sure. Um, nevertheless, though, in 1980. Uh, the bridge was finished and uh, there was a christening ceremony that had Robinette, some highway officials and the Russian journalist. They had him there because he had helped get the, you know, get this project off the ground. And they had, uh, they had a vodka toast. <laughs> now you're really just pissing people off. eh? No, for, they, 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 they christened this bridge with a vodka toast and Anjanov said, which this was a pretty progressed or not for, uh, a pretty uh, um, dangerous thing for a uh, Russian journalist to say at the time. He said, let them fight over Afghanistan. We'll drink to the new bridge. When I go back to Moscow, there will be a part of me here in West Virginia over the tug fork. <laughs> so there you go, Kevin. I gave you a nice story about something being built. Yeah, that's true. You did. Nobody died. Nobody died. Um, there was a hilarious middle finger to the government in the middle of it, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, you gave me the you gave me the um the happy story. 
Yeah. Well, it's Christmas. And, and, and we should. Right. We can go or, back to you know, Dust. Also, like, that's cool. With Kwanzaa me. and, yeah. and uh, you know. Wow. Okay. You Hanukkah, did it. You know. Yeah. I did it. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. You know, I actually, you know, and you take our little fast fact uh, episode there. I found two episodes uh, this week. True. Or two two topics this week that are pretty pretty cheery. All tales told. I mean, nobody died in either episode. Nobody dies. I will nobody give you that. Nobody dies. Nobody dies. Huh. Yeah. So next week we'll just be like doubling down and talking oh about some, yeah. something just horrible. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be like uh, the cons invading China or something. <laughs> yeah, make up for today. All right. Well, that's our that's our uh, most friendly episode yet. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Probably a pretty quick one too. Just a fast little, you know. Yeah, it was. I think it was pretty quick. Looking at the timer here, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. That's not bad. I got to uh, Kev's closing fact for you. Let's hear it. Going. It's this is like our little hot dog bonus fact. <laughs> what do you think the record for hot dogs is? In a 10 minute time period. How many hot dogs do you think could be eaten in 10 minutes? Mm. Think about it. <laughs> just take a guess. I'm just. <laughs> I'm struggling with not saying the all of the terrible things that are going. Oh, dude, the there's so now. many awful things <laughs> I want to say. <laughs> right. I get it. Uh, uh, OK, how many hot dogs could you eat in 10 minutes? Oh, man. That's because oh, I know I could eat like just straight wieners or are we talking buns too? <laughs> buns and all, buddy. It's like buns the, full, and all. the full thing. The full money. Yeah. Uh, are we talking little buns, little buns and little wieners like red hot? I, I would just assume jumbos? like your standard hot dog and a bun. Okay. Like uh, like a red hot and then yeah. like a, a yeah. Wonder Bread. Just like okay. Not a foot long, maybe not a ballpark frank. Just not a juicy jumbo. Not a juicy jumbo. Just your average okay. run-of-the-mill hot dog. Okay. Well, these are important things. To, 62. Know. The answer is 62. <laughs> <laughs> you were taking way too long on that. 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes. That's really impressive. <laughs> Which is also known as Saturday for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and good night. <laughs> good night.